Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome back to the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and what a difference a week in football can make to my mood, and I'm sure the mood of all Demon fans out there. It wasn't pretty, and well, let's be honest, guys, at times it was downright ugly, but it was a spirited fight back and a gutsy win in the end. Uh, Let's hope that this is the spark that sets up our 2019 season, and perhaps the F word is not out of the equation just yet. Uh, Tonight, I'm joined once again by uh, my co-host, Grape Viney, who is also in better spirits after both of us had a pretty lacklustre podcast last week, only saved by the positive contributions of dedicated caller and Demonland poster, B-Man, who we hope will be calling in later in the show uh, to offer some more of his insightful thoughts and comments. Grape Viney, have we turned the season around or have we just steadied a rocking ship ever so slightly. Uh, well, we'll see in the coming weeks. But uh, when you mentioned it wasn't uh, pretty and it was ugly, I actually thought you were referring to last week's podcast <laughs> and our inability to bring the positive vibes. But uh, a win certainly helps. So, um, yeah, good a, times. A win does help, but it, it, it is hard when you're doing a podcast and you're, you're trying to – like there's – I, there was nothing that I, there was no solutions that I could come up with. I'm, I'm no expert, whatever, but there was, it's hard to be positive when what you've been watching was what had been dished up. But different mood this week. Um, also uh, joining us tonight, back by popular demand, demon blogger, author of the great depression, all things demon and AFL Twitter pundit. Uh, Adam 1.0, otherwise known as Supermercado on Demonland.com. Good evening, Supermercado. Good, good evening, and let me confirm that the F word would definitely have been back on the agenda had Chad Wingard held that mark at the end on Saturday. <laughs> well, which F word are you referring to? Not the one that we can say on air. <laughs> okay, uh, fair enough. Um, also tonight we've um, now you know before we go on to talk about uh, Saturday's five point win over the Hawks, we have a special guest joining us uh, once again. He's usually here uh, giving us the review of the Casey games. Uh, he's the brother of the Demons' most recent debutant, uh, Declan Kilty. He's known on Demonland as Drunken One Six Seven. Welcome back to the Demonland podcast. Thank you very much for having me, boys. Um, so it was an exciting day for you and. For your family, uh, your your brother uh, made his debut, his AFL debut for the D's. Um, how was the day? Or, uh, can you give us a little bit of insight behind the curtain of, of sort of what happens um, for the debutant and and the family and family friends and all that? Yeah, so it was all it all pretty surreal. And looking back on it now, it, it went way too quickly. Um, so we sort of, we found out on the Thursday that there was a possibility that. The deck was going to play. Goody gave him a call and said, Tim Smith had injured himself and there's a very good chance that you'll have to come in. And then obviously got the confirmation on Friday. So that Friday afternoon was just me and deck just organizing family and friends and tickets and access for the rooms and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of took off probably a couple of hours Friday afternoon before we were able to settle down and just sort of get to the routine of, okay, now he's got to just focus on playing football. Um, how many? How, had, how many? Sorry. Like how many family and friend? Like what, in terms of tickets and all that, uh, can you get uh, as many as you want uh, for that type of thing, or are you restricted? No, so we were only. He was only allowed twenty tickets as the maximum, and we filled them up pretty quick. But I think there was probably forty to fifty friends and family there in total. Oh, great! 
Um, yeah, we had people from from interstate come down. We had a next door neighbour who played for Hawthorne back in the fifties, I think. Yeah. He came down. Um, like people from all walks of life that we've met, like got footy coaches, cousins, family. It was just it was great seeing everyone. So, um, so what happened? You 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 organised uh, tickets for family and friends, all that. Um, and what's the what's the next step? Uh, you get down, you get to the you get to the ground, and you get to go into the rooms. Um, I saw uh, pictures online on social media of you uh, you guys uh, presenting the jumper to deck. So how, how's that all going? Yeah. Down? Yeah. So we uh, rocked up to the ground um, about midday. And we met up with some of the Melbourne staff at the Demon Shop below the, the MTG there. And they walked us through the car park and into the change rooms. Um, Goody came and introduced himself. And we're talking to a few of the boys and stuff and talking to Deck and see how he was going. And then um, we went out into the actual change room area. And that's where you saw, I don't know if you saw the video of the jumper presentation. And my old man giving a pretty nice speech to the boys that sort of cracked them all up. Uh, I'm pretty sure Goody came out during the week and said it was probably the best speech for a first gamer that he's ever heard so that was pretty proud of that for those for those who didn't see the video drunken just summarize what your dad said at the uh at the jumper presentation so he kept it nice and short and sweet and basically just said we're very proud of deck uh, very happy for him he loves playing football he loves playing for melbourne and we're so grateful for the club that he's able to run out onto the mcg and represent the d's and it's just effing awesome. And all the boys just went, yeah, and started clapping and cheering. And yeah, it was it was great. That's awesome. Um, so I I actually, I, I saw you, um, you and your family up uh, in the stands. Um, I I recognised, I think I recognised your mother from the, the picture and that's how I knew you guys, that group was you guys. And I wanted to come up to you and and sort of uh, say good day and and introduce myself to you because we've never met uh, in person and just thank you for your contribution. But I also felt a bit weird uh, going up to a group <laughs> of people and I wasn't sure exactly which one you were. So I didn't want to go up and just say, uh, "Hey, who's drunken?" <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I've actually I actually when I went into the change rooms, the Melbourne staff member who was doing the access for the change rooms. As I was walking out of the jumper presentation, he stopped me and said, now you must be Drunken167. Ah. I said, yes, I am. And he's like, thank you for your contributions. You do a really good job. And it made my day even a little bit better. Oh, very good nice. Stuff. <laughs> I, I, I get recognized a fair bit, actually, especially at Casey Games. And if people see me walking with deck, they, I've been probably approached a good 10 times or so, I reckon, from Demon Land posters. So thank you to all the Demon Land posters out there. It means a lot to me. Well, thank you. You've done the hard yards going going out to the Casey Games, um, you know, uh, reporting back for, for Demon Land, for the Demon Land podcast. So uh, thank you for that contribution over the time. And hopefully Deck can, you know, consolidate his spot in the side uh, and you don't have to go out to Casey anymore. You can go to the MCG and watch watch in style rather than and sit down rather than uh, stand uh, for the entire game. Um, so, so what do you think of the the game once once sort of deck went out onto the field and and all that? Uh, how was the emotion from you you and your family? Um, we probably could have asked for a better game. Close finish, MCG. Um, 
and some really, really pivotal moments. I, I like Dex game. Like he, he was, he copped a nice corky from Roughhead in the very first ruck contest. So he was running around sword the whole day. So after the game, he said he just, he was struggling to find any space from his defenders because he just couldn't get that leg speed from them. Um, but I thought some of the things that he did was really important. He, there was, I think it was the second quarter. He crashed a contest in the forward line and Garlett was able to rove it. Unfortunately, that's that dribble that he sort of dribbled yep. almost out of bounds, but it was a really good pack mark. Um, he took a he took a juggling mark down the line at the start of the second quarter. They ended up being a goal, and those down the line marks are really important. Um, even in the dying seconds, when Wingard dropped the mark and Nibble was able to clear it, yeah, the Hawks had three or four numbers around the ball. Deck was just able to do enough yep. to get on the ball to allow the, the boys to come and Obviously, Shaq was able to come over and keep down the line. We won the game. And then, obviously, that, that center clearance that led to the harm's goal, I... That was beautiful. Oh, he found man. some speed there. Oh, he just... I don't know. He, he said that... Because if you watch closely, McAvoy just slips over. And he said that he just all of a sudden found the ball in his hands and went, oh, crap, what do I do? And then <laughs> realized, i got to run with this. So he just took off running. Nice kick into the forward line. It was then... a beautiful kick. I, I think it went to Hawthorne hands, but it was just what we needed. We needed a long kick into the into the contest, but it was beautiful and set up uh, the winning goal, basically. Yeah, the the, the emotions after after that that clearance, and I said to everyone, I said that goal was from Dex clearance. Yeah, <laughs> cheering and celebrating, and it, the whole day was just it was just, just was so much. Oh, I can't. It's hard to describe. It's hard to put into words just how the emotional emotional the day was like when the siren went i almost passed out <laughs> it never happened to me before i must have been just tense and screaming and yelling and then as the siren went and we'd won and deck had won his first ever afl game it's like all the blood vessels in my body just like relaxed and i had this big head rush and i had to sit down um and then yeah, when I went up to my old man after the game, he was in tears. I've I've only seen him cry probably two or three times in my life, and he was bawling his eyes wow. out. And yeah, it was just an, it was just not a real day, man. And then what happened in the rooms afterwards? Presumably, you went down afterwards. Yep. Yeah, um, so I didn't get to make it in time for the song because to get there, you sort of have to leave fairly early, and I wasn't going to leave because it was such a close game. You had to yeah. stay to the end. Um, went down, walked in, and he comes straight up to us and just big hug talking about how he went and just talked to a few of the boys the coach come over again goody and said congratulations and he did well and and then from there they had a, a function up in level three so we went up there for about half an hour but most of the boys were pretty knackered so they went over pretty early and then went home and then we had a couple of cousins and friends come back to our place and we sat down and we watched the replay <laughs> <laughs> and so how did Deck feel about the day himself? Uh... Um, yeah, I guess it was, for him as well, it was kind of a bit of a whirlwind. Um, it, like, he didn't have a lot of touches. And, like, he was, I think he was a bit disappointed he wasn't able to kick a goal. Yeah. Um, and he pulled up pretty sore. But otherwise, he was just, he was, he was wrapped. Like, the, the win like that, especially the win with, like a few of the boys he was playing with, Jay Lockhart, to come from Casey with him, that was his first win as yeah. well. Playing alongside Bailey Frisch and a few of the other boys. And, and yeah, he, he said it was just unreal. He said, like, at times he was 
trying so hard to focus on the game, but the crowd at stages were distracting him and he would look around and go, oh, crap, hang on, I've got to watch football here. <laughs> um, but no, he, 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 he loved it. Oh, it's awesome. And so what's the feeling um, in terms of whether you reckon uh, he'll retain his spot? It's, uh, you know, we, uh, I think uh, Wiedemann kick three in the twos. Uh, he, he's knocking on the door. I'm not sure what Tim Smith's availability is like after uh, being injured. Uh, what's the thoughts on uh, whether he'll retain his spot? Yeah, you've also got Proust possibly to come yes, back in as well. that's true. Um, yeah, oh, well, it's all, like I've seen a fair bit of talk. People think, oh, yeah, he didn't do enough and he, they should drop him. But it's a bit harsh to drop well, he, he didn't do anything wrong. That's the thing. Like, usually you drop a bloke when they, have, when they haven't done their role, they haven't done enough yeah. to, to keep their spot in the deck. He did enough. He crashed packs. I mean, like, he didn't take any big marks. He could go, but, like, that clearance was phenomenal. He got his hands at a couple of touches, and there was another one where the ball was sort of dribbled in the forward line, and two Hawks players jumped on it, and he sort of came up behind them and put pressure on them, which allowed Garlett to sweep in through the back. And I'm pretty sure he kicked it to Melsham. He ended up missing the goal. Um, but just like little things like that are really important for the. So I, I hope he's done enough, but we'll have to wait and see. If he does get picked, are you going to uh, book a plane uh, trip up to the Gold Coast? Fortunately, I'm working that weekend and probably struggle to get it off. But <laughs> if, hopefully. He's still playing in two weeks' time for the West Coast game. I'm off for that week. And look, we've got family in Perth as well that I've never actually been over and seen. So if he's hope if he's still in the in the team for the West Coast game, I'll be definitely flying over for that for that one. Well, um, we wish uh, we wish you and uh, and Deck the the best of luck. Um, hopefully, you can get over to Perth. Um, me, I'm not steady, stepping foot in that state ever again <laughs> <laughs> after last uh, last year. Um, but yeah, um, you know, I was I was very impressed with some of the things um, Deck did. I, I loved that last clearance that. Uh, that got us that uh, that goal, that match-winning goal, and um, I, yeah, wish him all the best. I probably watched the re- well, that footage <laughs> of that match-winning goal, that re- clearance about a hundred times, if not more. Well, if you go um, on to the demonland.com yeah, homepage, that's what I've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> we've got that playing on a loop, uh, <laughs> so enjoy that. Uh, um, I don't know if you, if you saw the photo that I posted of him and in Harm celebrating. Um, um, no, I didn't. Yep. I, I didn't see yep. that. Um, posted, so under the the Declan Kilty thread, there's a photo oh, okay. of of Harms and and, and Deck, um, just like celebrating that that goal. And I, that photo to me is just phenomenal because Deck, as a rule, isn't a very emotional guy. He's just yep. that's that's who he is. He's just sort of very reserved and sort of doesn't really show much emotion. But in that photo, he, the raw emotion on his face in that moment when he kicked that goal he said the crowd was so loud he could feel the noise on his skin when we kicked that goal it's, it just it blows my mind man that just that photo encapsulate, encapsulates what football can do for people I'm just having a, a look in the thread. Uh, if you go to uh, demonlake.com, you can put into the search uh, Declan Kilty and uh, the thread about him uh, should come up. Um, and I, I think uh, I can't find it. But anyway, I'll have a look later on. 
Um, yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I know that emotion you're talking about because I think every Melbourne supporter <laughs> in, in the crowd uh, was uh, right there with them. Um, there was just a great. Oh, there it is. Uh, it's on page um, eight. Page eight. Yeah. No, nine. Page nine. But it might page be. Uh, yeah. Uh, it might be page eight. Yep. Yeah. Because uh, I'm seeing a. A linked post to it. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's some great emotion <laughs> right right there. All right. Well, uh, Dick, thank you. Oh, not Dick. <laughs> that's your brother, but thank <laughs> Congratulate uh, your brother for us uh, too, um, you know, because we've had you on the podcast and you've been such a great poster on the site. You know, we all feel as if uh, Dex really one of, one of the fam- one of the demon land family. So we're going to follow his uh, career and hopefully he stays in the team and, uh, you know, continues improving week after week. So uh, yeah, we just want to thank you for joining us uh, tonight and giving us uh, that peek behind the curtain of, of a debutant's day. Um, so thank you very much. No worries. You're very welcome. Thanks, guys, for having me. Not a problem. All right. Uh, thank you very much uh, to Drunken167. One, um, yeah, it was, guys, it was, that's a pretty good insight. We, we, it's something that us as uh, supporters don't, you know, we sort of see the picture of the debutant, you know, the debutants with their family and the jumpers and, and all that, but we never really get to sort of know what goes on. So, yeah, it's, uh, that was a nice uh, little peek behind the curtain. Yep. We we didn't get the traditional uh, sneaky hidden camera footage of the debutant being told he was going to play his first game due to the late change. So that's a bit disappointing. They might have to they might have to do one for his second game. Yeah, I like uh, I actually really like those um, those type of videos. It's it's the same type of videos as those returning heroes from <laughs> from war that come and surprise their kid at their birthday. It's in that sort of vein. Uh, but I like those. But I don't think they've done that uh, the last uh, couple of times. I don't think we saw well, that Duncan, with Locker. Drunken said that this on this occasion the call it was a call from Goody, so it didn't happen at training. So yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yep, yeah, uh, boys, uh, back up, back on the winning winners list. Uh, it feels a lot better, um, after a win, uh, than it does after a loss. Um, for what, for mine, it, you know, it allows the rest of the weekend to be a lot more tolerable when, uh, when looking at other games and, and looking at social media and not having to scroll past, uh, everything. Um, how, how was the rest of your weekend after that win? It wasn't a great game. Alistair Clarkson was right. There's We don't have a lot to be dancing on the rooftops about. Um, the first half was was just as terrible as the rest of the season has been. Um, we didn't get scored against as heavily as we have been in past weeks, but in terms of our possession of the football and movement of it, we were as bad as we've been all year. But uh, it did come together for a period in the third quarter um, so that uh, that was encouraging, and the capacity to hold on, I guess, at the end, um, and even come back after being uh, headed there late in the quarter or midway through the final quarter. It was very uh, sloppy at times. Our disposal, and this is the first half, our disposal was terrible. Uh, you know, we weren't hitting targets. Uh, handballs were going high or hard. Or it, it, it yeah. It, it wasn't great, um, but that third quarter was sort of a glimpse back to 2018 where 
a few times we were down and we were able to claw our way back. And even, you know, when teams would, would get in front and teams would get back in front, we were able to wrestle back the lead. And that sort of reminded me a bit of last year. But, uh, yeah, the polish still isn't there. And it was a big win for everyone who always complains about the coach not having a plan B because after quarter time, Harms absolutely did one of the great demolition jobs uh, on Jager O'Meara after he was threatening to rip us to shreds. Uh, so I guess if you're one of these people who's hanging around the corner with a baseball bat waiting for Simon Goodwin, you would say, why wasn't he on him from the start? Well, yes. Uh, but from my perspective, I'm happy to concentrate on the positives and just say they swung that move and it... Like you rarely would see a better, and I'll say tagging performance, but it wasn't really a tagging performance, a better head-to-head where someone knocks someone out so comprehensively uh, and gets so many possessions on their own. Yeah, well, it wasn't like the ta- he, in the, in the end, had 31 possessions of his own, yeah, exactly. you know. Um, but but I'll ask, I will ask that question. Why Harms last year, particularly late in the year, did such good jobs on you know, these big stars of the AFL. Why isn't he being used in that same capacity uh, this year? And, you know, why wasn't he doing that from the start? Or is that yeah, sort of going early? Look, I think that early? was clearly his best game uh, so far this year. So that might encourage them to, to use him in that fashion more. Because as we saw at the end of last year, he can still kick goals. He can still rack up possessions yep. when he's doing that. He did that in uh, all those games. He wasn't... Exactly. Uh, so it's he's never really done like a, a full negative, you know, 90s style tagger job yeah. uh, on anyone. So, yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's a it's a better role for him um, to almost sort of trail these ball magnets around and then get his own kicks uh, and, and hit the scoreboard quite often as well. It was interesting to see Nathan Jones back in the centre of the ground yep. uh, as well for... for um... For those for for centre uh, centre stoppages, um, and Angus Brayshaw pushed out to a wing. Yeah, and I, I thought Jonesy was good as well because he um, he had a few times where he had you know shots of you know he was taking marks in front of goal and you know he missed a missed a couple but um, you know kicked kicked one. Um, yeah, he's sort of in and out this year, Jonesy, but uh, still proves that uh, he can play in the middle uh, where a lot of people have ridden him off. Yep. Um, Jake Melksham, you liking him playing more in the middle, or you think we we need him sort of uh, half forward? I, I will vote for half forward because I think he's been the best forward we've had this year, uh, and his capacity to set up other players for goals um, is pretty much unparalleled in our team. So I would much rather have him sort of in your your half forwardish area where he can push back into the midfield if he needs. Um, but he can be a reliable player to set up other players as well. The kick into um, to a leading Jaden Hunt was uh, was just beautiful. It was great lowering of the eyes, great spotting, and great uh, lead as well. Yes, fantastic. How often do state. we see Never. anybody lead like that? <laughs> Straight haven't. up the middle, perfectly to where a kick's going to go. That was, um, and I think Hunt has really found yep. uh, a niche as a forward because I don't think he was going anywhere in defence, uh, and I think. We were we were robbed a bit by Lewis's late withdrawal in the first round, where they they chickened out and and threw Hunt back instead of trying to fill the space back and and keeping Hunt forward, which is where I'm convinced they were going to play him, because uh, I think ever since he's gone down there, he's a good set shot, 
Um, he's got reasonable crumbing ability, which is something we've really been lacking this year. Um, and as we saw the other day, he knows how to lead to a footy. Where do you think uh, his best position in the forward line is sort of deep and try and play him as that sort of leading small forward or, or sort of half forward um, or just sort of mix him around as the game goes? Yeah, I think I, the I think positions now are so all over the place yeah. that it's hard to nail it down. If if we were looking at an old school lineup, I would say forward pocket, yeah. but that doesn't really mean anything anymore. No, not anymore. Um, I will mention uh, now, um, next week on the podcast, we will be joined by uh, Jaden Hunt. Um, uh, as you, everyone should know, we, we do sponsor uh, com sponsors Jaden, and uh, he's going to be joining us on the podcast this week. It was potentially going to be this week, uh, but the club got the uh, days mixed up. I uh, thought it was on a Wednesday, so we're going to do it next week. Um, so haven't they been listening to us this year, obviously, if they're uh, still tuning in on a Wednesday for the Demon <laughs> <No>. podcast? <laughs> it was just uh, wise cross because we used to uh, do Wednesdays. So anyway. It's good to know, though, that uh, someone at the club is reading Demon Land closely enough to know who Drunken is. Yes, I, I like that, yeah. Uh, but but a, a couple of things I, I want to talk to Jaden about. Uh, the, the long sleeves, loved it. Loved the return <clears throat> of the long yep. sleeves. Uh, I used to play footy in long sleeves, <laughs> maybe because it was cold. So I just want to ask him what his thoughts uh, behind that is. And I also love the the new headband. Uh, the white is now gone. He's gone the um, the Angus Brayshaw colour scheme of the helmet. Um, and I'm really liking the red and blue uh, headband and would like to get one myself, even though I don't have much hair uh, to be able to use it properly. I think the last time we spoke to Jaden was either a week or two after the torpedo. Yep. Um, it was it was right right on the back of that. I remember we were just fortuitous with the timing. So um, yeah, let's see if he can uh, uh, do something similarly miraculous this weekend before we talk to him. Yeah, it would be nice. Um... All right, uh, we'll stay in the in the forward line. Jay Lockhart, I've been very impressed uh, with this kid. Uh, he's not the kid really anymore, um, but um, been very impressed with him. Um, he took he took eight marks, and I think that's quite impressive for a smaller guy. Um, plays like he's a short guy, but sort of play. He took a mark sort of out on the well to me that was a far wing half forward. And he took it like, you know, arms up straight. Um, and he actually plays a lot taller um, than he is. Uh, been very impressed with him. Um, was impressed with the, uh, you know, the, the, obviously the mark, that outstretched mark and goal that he kicked um, in the last quarter. And as well, you know, that um, he had the presence of mind. I thought, what are you doing? Why aren't you having a shot for goal? Um, you know, and I wasn't thinking, oh, well, maybe he's... You know, obviously he was uh, trying to milk the clock and kick it to someone to milk the clock again for another 30 seconds. Um, so that, clever thinking by him because I was sort of screaming, have a shot for goal. Um, oh, I wasn't as keen on that. It, it, it lacked, a, if you remember a couple of years ago, the yep. first time we pulled that off and it was Lewis and Alex Neil Bullen and yes. effectively left Lewis, I think. Whichever one ended up with the ball in hand at the end, uh, within range, to actually have a shot, um, whereas I think this time, well, as we saw, the kick inside 50 wasn't great. The contest against the kick inside 50 was terrible. 
Um, and I don't think he got to milk as much time as possible. Well, I think he got called to play on quite, quite quickly because it was quite, he tried to claim I'm going to have a shot. Yeah, well, he pointed. Like, You're kidding, aren't you? You're about 60 metres out no, of the boundary line. He was, he was with, I think he was so within range. 50, 55. Yeah, I think he was but, in range. What's the call? Is it, does it have to be in, in the 50 to, to be considered? Well, that's, that's the question. I don't know what the actual rule is. Uh, but um, once you do that sort of suspect sideways kick, uh, I think you probably open yourself up to to um, the suggestion that you're not interested in actually having a shot. I, I think if that was uh, in the second quarter, midway through, he would have let him have that full 30 seconds to have a goal. And the, the umpire made a call that it was late in the game. So that to me, that's not um, fair. Yeah, the problem with that contest is, as Super Mercado said, that there was no contest when Melksham's kick came in. Yeah. Um, it, it went. It pretty much went to the right spot, if not being a little, um, a, a little bit sort of low and flat. But it was all Hawthorne. I think McAvoy took the mark, didn't he? So should he have had a shot at goal, or do you think he he was obviously trying to get milk another mark so we could milk another thirty seconds? I don't seconds? know whether he. It was a tough kick. He was a fair way out and on the boundary. So, but he deliberately put it where he did to try and hopefully we get him. Oh, oh got to call that down. Um, yeah, deliberately um, kicked it uh, into um, into that space, hoping we'd take a mark and milk another thirty seconds. That's what I think. Yeah. He would well, I mean, if, you, if we took a mark there, the person would have just gone back and yeah, presumably smashed it through for a goal. So that would have been fine. Uh, I reckon we defend better against kick-ins than we do against rebound fifties, just in general play. So that's what was going through my head when when Lockhart was there and, and he kicked it sideways. I was like. I would so much rather be defending a six-point lead from a kick-in oh, than, okay, yes. yeah, I get you. Than, than a rebound out of the 50. And then next thing you know, bang, it's going back the other way. Well, that usually happens uh, to us. Uh, those rebounds uh, usually result in a goal. And this year have been resulting in goals. And that's been part of uh, the problem. Um, yeah. And look, all's well that ends well. We've uh, w- we got the result in the end. Um, possibly fortuitously. Well, um, we, we almost got buck and arid by <laughs> but, bloody um, how, Wingard at the other end. Well, it wasn't just Wingard. Uh, there was a blatant free kick um, yes. there. That was the uh, frosty tap. And yes. how Melbourne, how Melbourne would that result have been if he had been pinged uh, yep. for that throw and then they kick a goal from outside 50 to steal the game off us? After uh, he'd saved us yes, he'd, he, he earlier did. with... with um, you know, that, that three-on-one yep. where he turned Scully so severely that Scully's <laughs> probably still up to his knees in the MCG turf trying to be extracted as we speak. Uh, yeah, that would have been highly ironic if he'd been pinched for that free, but it would have been completely fair. Yep. Um, uh, we do have a caller joining us, uh, our good friend uh, Bin Man. And before, Bin Man, before we, you come on, um, you mentioned Scully, uh, Super Mercado, uh, I can't, like, get the dollar sign effect in talking, so you just have to think when I say it, yeah, just think it. of a dollar sign instead now, of an S. He still cops the booing. I, I must admit I'm a bit guilty of that, and I think I'll do that. You know, I don't boo necessarily players in particular, but him I think I'll do for the rest of my life. Should we still be doing it? Should we still be holding this grudge? What, of course what's your we th- should. Why not? Yeah, what's your correct. thoughts? Oh, I had one opposition fan telling me he's moved clubs so you should 
It's like, <laughs> and in response, it's like, so if your wife cheats on you and then she moves on to someone, a third person, then you just go, oh, fair enough, she cheated on me. It's ridiculous. And I must say, I wouldn't boo him, but I would uh, yell all kinds of uh, foul and offensive abuse uh, towards his decision-making uh, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, B-Man, are you a, a booer or are you a bit more polite uh, at, the, at the football? Uh, no, I'm not a booer, actually. I've never been a booer, except I have to admit, I did uh, boo once on uh, Saturday um, with one of the umpiring decisions. The umpiring was, geez, there was some um, oh. shocking decisions. What are they doing with the holding the um, ball, dropping the ball decision? It's just extraordinary. So, See? I mean, as you say, it would have been awfully ironic if they pinged uh, Frost because... I didn't really see it. I was a ways away, but on the replay, he definitely threw it. Oh, 100%. But yeah. prior to that, though, no one seemed to comment on Demonland. When it, they were bringing it out, they got a free kick from memory, didn't they? And it didn't look like a push yeah. in the back to me. I thought it was going to get called. Initially, Hold watching it live, I thought, Hold oh, here's a chance for dropping yep. the ball here. Are you talking yep. about yep. Burgoyne with uh, yep. Jones? Yes. I think uh, it was Burgoyne. He, he, yeah, it was. Not only that, you know what? It was pushing the back, but only because he dropped his knees and got a, you know, milked a professional free kick. And players like Burgoyne are, you know, professionals at doing that. Yeah, and that's, that's yeah, and the, I thought the that was a critical shit incidental time, contact one. Go ahead, Bin Man. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. That was, I mean, it was obviously a critical time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but there was any number of them all day. I was just, as I said, I don't really boo. I mean, I don't. Scully doesn't bother me so much. It's um, I don't quite have the same reaction. And he he wasn't particularly effective. His running would have been handy. Mm. Uh, but um, I did love it when Frost. I don't even know how he did it, but he turned and it looked as if Scully kept on running the other way, thinking Frost was just going to turn into him and yeah. even give it to him. Maybe he had some thought that Frost was perhaps still playing with him because he was going to give him off for, maybe because he was a Giants player. Did they play together at the Giants? Uh, yeah, they would have. Yeah, I think so. Um, so uh, maybe he had it in his head there. It's, it's, there were so many inc- incidents of incorrect disposal on a part, the part of Hawthorne players that just didn't, you know, they'd just drop the ball and it was just play on. Um, and then we, we had a few where we got jumped on um, no prior opportunity and got pinged for holding the ball. It's just what about the uh, what about the incident as raised by D Zephyr in the chat room of the uh, when the fifty wasn't awarded in the last quarter. Now there's oh. two, but I think we all know exactly which one he's talking about. Which uh, uh, why was that not paid? Did the umpire not see the Hawthorne player kick it away? No, he said that. Uh... Didn't he have didn't accepted know. the excuse that the player couldn't hear the whistle. Oh, come on. Oh, I heard the whistle. That's, <laughs> that's when, piss week. That was on one of the footage shows last night. And the footage shows the umpires within probably about five to seven metres at most from where the incident was. So he fully would have heard the whistle. He kicked it five minutes and after. It was a good <laughs> Correct. You know, three or four seconds <laughs> after the whistle had gone. So everyone had stopped. It was blatant. That, that's, the, that's the point. And, everyone had stopped, and that's yeah. the tell, isn't it? When yeah. everyone stops, yeah. that's when exactly. I mean, that, yeah. that's when they start thinking about advantage. That's that point where if it had been a Melbourne player, do I take advantage? No, no, sorry. You know, too long's gone since the um, whistle's gone. But the other yeah, one, even he barely got stopped. it. Yeah, he had stopped. You're right. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, he stopped. The other one was like, uh, what frustrates.
frustrates me about that rule, about that in the zone, is the, I mean, how stupid it was for Harms to do it once. That's okay, twice, yeah. the second time, I just couldn't believe it. Um, but that's, on neither occasion did he um, cause any, uh, I think it was Bruce, was it Bruce on both occasions? Either way, he, he didn't stop him playing on at all, which is what the whole point of the 50 is. And the, the for other 50 metre that wasn't paid to us used to get paid all the time, or it should have been paid. He threw it back to the wrong guy. Yeah. And then yeah. that, that's an automatic 50. The yep, and that would have taken us inside into... inside 50 for a shot. Yeah, uh, go ahead, um, Grape, Barney. Well, I think the problem with the harms infringement is that I'm pretty sure he was pinged for it in round one um, uh, against Port. So you don't want the same player making the same mistake. I thought the second one um, was a bit ticky touchwood, as in he was reasonably well clear, even if... Uh, uh, even if um, uh, Bruce had sort of gone sort of sideways. So I thought it was a bit harsh the, uh, um, in giving the second one against him. I, I had to laugh, though, because on Demon Land and even outside of Demon Land, the Oscar McDonald haters just growing like a virus. He somehow got blamed for it because he was cribbing across, which, of course, is what he's supposed to do is to stop the ball getting kicked into the corridor um, and to force him to kick the other way down towards the... Um, the boundary, but somehow or other he got caught in the mix of that harms one. So yeah, it was uh, not a good look by harms, I have to say. Though. Uh, yeah, Oscar seems to to cop it all the time. Someone suggested that we won in that last two minutes because he was off the ground. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Except that conveniently forgot the fact that Oliver was as well. So. <laughs> now, can we just talk about that because uh, we noted this, Andy, at the time. Oliver came off at the 22-minute yep. yep. mark yep. and everyone sitting around us said he's going to get stuck there until the end of the game. Yeah. And lo and behold, he got stuck there. Yeah. It's just, just beyond comprehension that people in the crowd can see what's going on and yet the bench doesn't isn't clued into this for some reason. Yeah, well, it, was, it was at a time in the game where I thought, no, you, you can't bring him off yet uh, or you can't bring him off. You need a guy like that on the ground. I mean, unless he was just absolutely finished, but I don't think he was. But that's the problem without the runner because he yep. might have brought himself off for a rotation, yeah. not knowing how long it was to go. And then, then the clock, um, the, uh, the little square goes up saying it's two minutes to go. Yeah. A runner can't get out there because there was no goal in that last period of time. And everyone, five ign- minutes of that game. everyone ignores the signs as well because <laughs> they want yeah. to stay. Well, then who makes be, the call who comes off then if the runner doesn't go out? That's one of the problems I think we've struggled with, to be honest, because but there wasn't a goal for the last six minutes of that game, I don't think. So who who chooses to come off for Oliver? I mean, what Lewis should have chosen to come off for Oliver because he was running in one spot. And, um, but that's probably another another well, story. Well, but we can talk it about, is tricky, I think. We can talk well, about I'd, I'd just on Oliver for a second, I'd be interested um, in if anyone asks, anyone in the club wants to chip in. It's actually, I've looked up his time on ground and it was actually the lowest amount of time he's had on the ground since his first season. Really? So he, was, really? he only played 70% of the game. Uh, and he, he, he there was a couple of 71s and 72s in, in his second season. But before that, round 21, 2016 was the last time he played under 70% of a game. So I would be interested in knowing um, if there was something else going on. He didn't seem to be impaired in his actual gameplay. 
Um, but yeah, definitely a lot lower. Like his his previous lowest was for this year was seventy eight percent in round one. Um, so six six games later, round seven, he's only playing seventy percent. I'd be interested to know why. Are you suggesting that there could be something going on there? Uh, no, injury, I'm, I'm or, certainly uh, I'm not launching a conspiracy theory. I just think it's a statistical anomaly that I would uh, like to understand if there is anything going on. Which obviously they're not going to tell me. No. Uh, unless he's got personal issues, and then they'll just tell everyone in a press conference. <laughs> does, does Oliver have less composure this year than he did last year? I, I, seem to, I think so. I, it just seems he, he gives the ball. Off. He gives the ball off too quickly, and he's got he's got so much more time than um, than he sort of seems to use, and is not always taking. He's he's sometimes taking the quickest option rather than the best option to mine. There was one time in the forward line where he had an opportunity. He had a lot more time and space. He could have probably even kicked a goal himself, and I think he gave it off a, a bit rushed. Um, and I would have thought someone of his calibre would have had more composure um, there. And, and, and his handballs and all that. I mean, targets. He missed three or four. I, I was just couldn't. I was so frustrated in that first half with our missing targets. It was just... Yep. Unbelievable, and he was one of the worst by hand. His kicks weren't too bad, but most of them were long, sort of distance kicks. Um, but his hands, he was missing a lot of targets, and that sort of yeah, he doesn't quite look on, but he's a nat- such a natural footballer. He took a fantastic mark down on, I think it was on our half forward flank at the punt road end, and it was just a, a ripper of a mark. And so it looked like his shoulders are all right, at least. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Mentioned Jordan Lewis. What, what what's to be done with Jordan? Uh, do you keep him in the team because of the 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 experience, the the on field leader? Um, what you know? What's to be done uh, with Jordan Lewis? Does anyone want to take <laughs> take on that one? Uh, well, I would just ask the question of if uh, I would like to drop him, and, and in fact, I would like to say to him, "Thank you for your time." Here's an assistant coach job for the rest of the year and go play at Casey if you're interested. But the question is, who do we replace him with? That's what I need to know. I almost think if Jetta was there, I'd be comfortable. And by the time Lever comes back, I feel like I might be comfortable. But at the moment, I don't know. I just think I, I really wonder what the options are, given that we're so limited in our depth. Yeah. Definitely. I agree. I think that now's not the time in some respects um, – Good, he's made a culture call. I think he's he's put a bit of a flag in the ground at the moment, but he he sort of can because there's no one really pushing up for that that position. Um, I just reading on the injury list tonight that um, uh, Lever's playing VFL, all things oh. going going well. Uh, not this week, next week. So nice. he might be back around the buy time. So mm. that might give the opportunity. You know, maybe get Lewis through to the buy, and then that's time. You know, maybe it's time to sort of think about the next step because whatever the case is, you know, he's definitely not, he's not getting the ball off the ground. He's not, you know, he's not getting down. And I saw a contest down, um, I was sitting on the wing and a contest where he elected to run it over the boundary line, the yeah. one where Oliver gave him some sort of quizzical yeah. question um, yeah. and he and easily he, had yeah. time to collect it. He had a big argument with Melksham after Hawthorne kicked a goal not after, uh, not long after um, from where I sit in the top of the Ponsford stand. I was looking right down on it 
and they were certainly having some vigorous words, which is funny because we've seen a lot in the last couple of days about Hawthorne players arguing with each other. Yeah. Um, and they seem to have missed this one, but they were definitely having a vigorous debate about uh, his, I presume, his decision-making um, that indirectly led to the goal. Um, but, yeah, there were certainly some uh, harsh words being being put between those two. It's just become and, and I'm not, an, it's I'm become an inevitability the, um, that he goes well, to ground. He has taken a few short steps last week in the Richmond game, um, but I, I think he's probably not super keen to get smashed at the moment. No, uh, Grey Viney? Uh, yeah, he, he goes to ground virtually yeah. in every contest. So when you see the ball coming his way, it's a matter of time before... He ends up hitting the floor, basically. And then to top it off, he, he missed an absolute howler. Like, I mean, you know, he missed one that he just picked out. I mean, Oscar McDonald won. You can criticise Oscar McDonald for um, um, not coming at the ball. That's an absolutely reasonable criticism. But why he picked him out? He had two other players further up the field. Um, and he must know Oscar McDonald's probably not likely to go at him. He's the leader, isn't he? So, but there was another one where he just turned it over to under no pressure whatsoever. And that's his sort of, I hate this expression, but I'll use it anyway. That's his one wood, he's kicking. So if he hasn't got that on song, he's, you know, it's hard to see, you know, if the value of his leadership is such that it overcomes those negatives, he must be a terrific leader. Uh, Hibbard probably played uh, his best game for the year, uh, you'd say. Uh, kicking was a lot better, racked up a lot of possessions. Um, who didn't uh, perform? I think uh, Tommy Mack struggled a bit early. I think he got his hands on it a bit towards the end, but it's still not the Tom McDonald of 2018. Uh, waiting to see him return. Yeah, and I, I thought Garlett Garlet was poor in the first half. Um improved in the second half, but I still don't hold any long-term confidence that he's going to be there uh, and contributing next season. There were a couple of things. Um, I was critical at the time. Um, Garlett, that first one, he was on the uh, far side, on the boundary. Why he didn't handball over to Tom McDonald um, to get the easy goal, running goal. Uh, but if you have a look, actually have a look at the replay of that uh, that uh, play, Tom McDonald points towards goal. Like yep. his point, I don't know what he was saying, but he was pointing towards goal, and that's what uh, he did. But maybe he was pointing uh, to say, you know, handball it over the top to me in that direction. Yeah, I'm going to run in this direction or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, in yeah. the heat of the moment, you could see how someone would get, yeah, you know, go would, would it, just yeah. take a visual cue. Oh, my teammate's telling me to have a shot. Yeah, because he should not have had he, a shot. He could, have, he could have had a shot earlier in the game, but yes. he decided to handball well, it. That's, he, he shouldn't have. That's the thing. I was a bit disappointed. The times when he should have had a shot, he didn't and, yeah. and vice versa. So I was and a bit disappointed. Like the instinct and, is lost. Yeah. And that, and, that dribble that dribble yeah, uh, I mean, one was just a terrible yeah. kick. That's bread and butter for him, you know. And If he's yeah, not if kicking, if he's not shot, kicking no... If he's not kicking yeah. those ones, then he's not valuable to the team. So he's got to got to lift in that respect. Great uh, funny, ridiculous that kick. Yeah, infuriating. Uh, on dribbling Jeffy, it, I was dribbling it from thirty metres out in the first half, but mainly because he he really he, there's a couple of contests where he came in the contest sideways and didn't come in straight on. I know he's a small player, 
but he can't do that. He can't, you know, that's not the Melbourne brand. That um, So it was really heartening. I thought he was terrific in that last quarter and that tackle that set up the goal ultimately to um, lock up was exactly what we need from him. That yeah. was That's what you need from your small forward and... Um, I think my head is literally going to explode if I hear another commentator say ground ball again. But um, um, our ground ball, we were up by some huge number after being down all season. So I think we got more ground ball in that one game than the whole season put together. Um, uh, Christian Petrarca, those set shots, what, what is it? Is it is it just in the in his head? Uh, is it his technique? What What is it that's, uh, I mean, that was one of the worst kicks for goal for someone who's so talented and, you know, probably would kick those usually or from from as a junior in the, in his sleep. Uh, he's just gone, he was, he'd gone backwards with his kicking, but he's even gone further backwards. Um, through... Well, it wasn't even his worst kick this season. At least he <laughs> got a point. He's yeah. from that exact same spot he kick the he hit the uh, point post for out on the full yeah, a couple it, of weeks back it's it's uh, what's wrong what's wrong with 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 he's, his set shot he's got a real bogey in his head about it now so it's it's actually become an issue um yeah because uh, two, as we know 2 years ago he uh what did he finish with 20 goals 5 or 27 for yep, the season 26 so, 6 yeah there sure. you go so more than capable of doing it, but he's now got himself into a mental space where every kick yeah. is uh, is a nightmare for him. It's not just there's, there's a set shot. I mean, there's a few players who who are taking marks within range and are looking to kick it to get it off to somebody. And I, I wonder if it's a confidence thing throughout yeah, the team. Mel- but he seems Melksham's, to do it. Melksham does that a bit, and he's a good kick too. Yeah. So don't like to see it. The ironic Traffic thing is he'd actually kicked five one. Before before Saturday for the season, oh, so really? obviously there's difference. There's a few that didn't trouble the scorer uh, from set shots, but um, yeah, I was surprised when I looked that up the other day to see what he's or after the game to see what his season stats were, and he was actually had only kicked one behind. Almost... But I, I agree. Like you go back to that second season, he was kicking them from everywhere. I remember his first season, he was ropey on set shots. Second season, he just started kicking them from everywhere, so he can do it. But the last two years, his he's set shot kicking has been dreadful. Almost be better to, to run back and, and kick it on the run, run further yeah, back. and run around or something. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, big man. I was going to say, he's a, he's a total confidence player. And I think um, I was actually watching on binoculars uh, just a minute or so, two minutes after that still, and he was still down on himself and sort of, demonstrative body language about and I, I think it's really is a mental thing so but his other issue is it's not just mental he's got a terrible ball drop but he yeah. I think whoever when I watched the replay he might have been exaggerating but he said he dropped it from his head height but, <laughs> yeah. well I hope he was exaggerating but he, was. he has got a poor technique and he drops it from a long way down so you combine sort of a lack of confidence with that um, and you, you get you get that sort of inaccuracy I think but he was he was fantastic, I thought. He's, I have to say, maybe I've been a bit sort of guilty of underrating him this year. He, he is involved. When you watch the um, all the goals, those packages, he he's in, seems to be involved in a lot of scoring chains where you yeah. go, all oh, right, there's that little hand in yeah. there. or um, But that final play oh, where he got the ball out was, ball. was just brute strength. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that play was it was just beautiful. And that's, that's what I want to see yeah. more of that from him, yeah. 
that's what they should put on replay for him all week. Forget forget the set shot. Just put that yep. animal contested ball, yeah, he's a ball at the end on replay and say that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got big. Like I know there's, there's all the jokes about you know it being overweight, and I've got no idea. He, but he, geez, he's looking like a huge player. And I mean, I guess it sort of goes to the question of what's his best position. And I've sort of thought the stringer roll up forward, but. You know, in the clinches, in the middle, you know, in bursts, um, he's a pretty hard player to bring down. Yep. Great. Uh, anyone else uh, you want to talk about? Uh, any other players, uh, I, uh, good, bad, ugly? Before I sign off, I just wanted to say, uh, you mentioned Hibbard, and I thought he was fantastic, and it yep. was so pleasing to see. And I and I and I'll harp on, I've harped on this before, and I'll and I'll go back to it. But it's the fitness issue. Um, you can see that he's running over the ground a bit better. His weapon is is being able to run twenty meters and then um, releasing the ball. He was doing that, uh, yep. and he really I forget who he played on, but he really played him for a break, um, and was was actually quite an important player off rebounding off the half-back flank. And I thought Tommy McDonald started to show signs and I think give him another two, three weeks of training and, and playing. Uh, and, you know, he's not far away from his best, I reckon. Um, and then sort of the final thing, I thought Lockhart was yep. uh, terrific. 23 possessions. Um, and he seems to have a pretty cool head, you know, the way he plays. And... Um, so I think that you know we've got some players coming back in the next two three weeks. You no, know, uh, Viney back in two. Tim Smith is available, but I don't think we'll come in for Declan um, May three four weeks. Uh, Mitch <laughs> Hannon says on the injury list, which is fantastic. Jay Kennedy Harris two weeks. Corey Maynard only a week away. Um, I don't know uh, what yeah. uh, what I don't know what uh, injury list you're you're looking at. Uh, you must be looking at the uh, positivity positivity uh, injury list because the injury list I've got here, um, unless it's been updated since I looked at it this afternoon, uh, tells a different story. Um, Maynard, I've May, Maynard, May, May seventh, five forty one p.m. Okay, so they have updated yeah, I've, it from I've today. I've seen this one as well. Uh, but th- it's got Maynard three weeks. But uh, he, he, anyway, Maynard's uh, not knocking on the door yet. Um, Mitch Hannon, yeah, two to three weeks. Uh, Jay Kennedy had us three weeks. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, they have updated from this afternoon. Um, nice to see some injury uh, counting errors in our favour for once because for the rest of the season, <laughs> it's been going the other way. Well, Joel Smith <laughs> is, is still six to eight weeks, and I think we'll talk about uh, that situation a little bit more uh, shortly. Uh, B-Man, you can, you can stay on the line if you do uh, want to uh, at the moment. Uh, so I'll, I'll leave that up to you if you want to stay on and talk about a couple of the uh, issue, other issues we'll be talking about in a minute. Um, so Happy to stay on, but if someone else is going to call in, um, just let me know and I'll jump off. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I'll put out the number. Stay on the line for the moment, and if someone else calls in, I'll, uh, I'll unless you're talking at the time, I'll, 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 I'll unceremoniously dump you. Uh, but uh, the number to call if you do want to join the show, if you're listening live, uh, 03 90163 Three triple six, or you can uh, Skype us, Demonland Thirty One. Just search for us; uh, should be able to find us. 
Um, all right, well, we'll move on from that game. Can I, can I just give you my underrated highlight yeah, of Saturday? Was Hawthorne's cheer squad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> recognising that the date was May the 4th. Yes. And thinking we're going to do a Star Wars gag because no one's <laughs> ever done one of those before. And then they've sat down and they've created a banner that says, May the Force be with you. Instead of May the 4th. Fourth be with you. <laughs> yes, so they've so actually they gone and up. created a banner with two Yoda clip arts on either side. <laughs> and they've actually botched the punchline in a six-word gag. Did, so did they congratulations eat, to the Hawthorne cheer squad. Did they, that is possibly the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Not the only mistake they made on the day, but did they put the Yodas at least in a Hawthorne jumper? Nope. No? No? They never they're do even, that. I'm just looking at the picture of it now. They're even like not, not in a yellow background. Oh. It's like when people do PowerPoint presentations yeah, clip, and they don't harder. know how to use the transparency button. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then it almost fell apart as well. Well, that's what I was going to talk. They, they, they opened up their banner way too early on a wet pitch on a, on a, you know, it wasn't pouring with rain, but it was, you know, a bit of spitting happening. Um, and the banner fell to shreds and, uh, great Viney and I back from back way back in the day. What's our theory on, uh, when the banners fall apart? Um, well, the, the whole club falls apart, the whole club. basically. It happened to Collingwood in the grand final. Look what happened to them. Uh, it's just a bad omen, uh, if your banner falls apart before they run through it. So thank you, uh, Hawthorne Cheers Court and, uh, Super Mercado has put into our chat room a, a picture of uh, their banner. <laughs> it looks uh, terrible. I didn't know your I didn't know your uh, chat room software was going to turn my extremely long and stupid URL and actually put the photo up. So that yeah, was yeah. good. Well, there you go. <laughs> we uh, we have some good technology uh, happening there. Um, uh, anything else from the game? Anyone wants to bring up before we move on to uh, other more pressing uh, news? The scandal hour. Say, how good was it to win? I mean. Good Lord, that the, it was a fantastic energy in the G, um, at least where I was sitting. It was fantastic to get a win, and it, it would have just been... You know, it's a funny thing if we'd lost the, the, the difference in energy. Oh, I mean, yeah. this week, for the first time, I've watched the footy shows again. Yeah. I've <laughs> read the newspapers. Look at or, social media, yeah. all that. Uh, particularly, yeah. uh, uh, Super Mercado, you might be able to answer this uh, of of late, we're usually on the other end of a close uh, close loss. Well, a close loss uh, on for us. So, what? When was the last time uh, we won a close game? Oh, I was trying to trying to think. Actually, the probably that West Coast. It would have been the West. Oh, Coast, the West Coast. Uh, yes, yes. Game uh, in Perth. Yep. At the MCG. And then before that, uh, actually uh, us being on the ground. I need to consult my uh, <laughs> my favourite website, AFL Tables. Well, under 10 points here. Yeah, we lost to Sydney. We lost to Geelong. We, we lost to St Kilda. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't win lose. anything by under 10 yeah, at we all always, always lose those. We're always on the wrong end of those close games. And so our last one, game. actually our last one win by oh. under 10 points before this was the Carlton game with the uh, original Kick backwards shenanigans, shot clock roaring. Oh, the, so yeah, round yeah, yeah, sixteen, yeah. twenty seventeen. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And funny in that bracket of weeks, we actually had a four point win, the Watts game on Queen's birthday. We yes, had the, yes, the three yes. point Tom McDonald extravaganza yep. um, at Subiaco, and then we had that as well. So there was th- there was three within five weeks where we won by under ten points. But I just I want to get back to just winning comfortably yep. so I can enjoy yeah. the game. I'd love to thrash yeah. someone again. I really was starting to get into thrashing people. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on. Um, 
there was that incident, uh, that crowd incident after the after the match, um, which I guess it's. <laughs> You know, the club sort of cops it when it's a, a supporter who does it. And, you know, club sort of unfairly cops it. Um, you know, it's not a good look, but uh, there's nothing really the club can do about that. Um, and I must say, you know, it's never a good way to respond uh, with with violence. Um, but, uh, and I'll just leave it apart, but, uh, you know, I, I, was, I was always taught, like, not taught, but I know if you're going to knock a beer out of someone's hands, <laughs> you might expect to get something in return. And I'm not saying anyone should uh, respond that way, but I would never do that. Now, there is the question of, of the, um, uh, obviously, he had an intellectual disability, but does he know the right from wrong? I don't, I don't know. I can't say, but I don't know. He would know the right from wrong. And I, I used to, well, I'll tell you this, uh, in a previous lifetime, I was a journalist and I covered the police round for quite some time. Yep. And the cops had a phrase for crimes where a bad person committed a bad act against another bad person, <laughs> say a drug dealer against a drug dealer. Yep. And they used to just dismiss it as shit versus shit. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think you could almost say that this might be the case in this instance because the Hawthorne bloke is clearly a troublemaker. Yeah, well, and, if you've seen... Uh, as you say, uh, the Melbourne bloke shouldn't have responded. So, um, I think, full form, all round. Look, I, I think that the, the media sort of beat it up at the beginning when this first came out that he was, uh, 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 you know, he was handicapped uh, in some way uh, or, or that he might have been more intellectually handicapped than maybe he is. And I'm not going to... I, I can't judge because I don't know the guy, but I've seen the Hawk TV, and that Hawk TV is not affiliated with Hawthorne, is it? It's just a fan um, production. Uh, but if you've seen those interviews with him, um, at time, like he, there was one where he unleashed a tirade <laughs> against uh, some the St Gilda supporters, uh, but the one that was after the Melbourne game and after the incident, even. He seemed to be quite level-headed and talking about the game. So I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not saying he's not. Um, uh, what do they? What what did they class the disability as? Uh, a learning disability. Um, I don't know if that. Well, he's he's learnt not to knock a beer out yeah, of someone. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, I think if he does have someone looking after him at the game, they need to sort of rein him. I don't know. I, I just. I, I think I would like to know what happened beforehand because the, it wasn't that someone was just recording on their mobile just for just happened to be recording footage and then this happened. There must have been something that happened before. Um, so without knowing that, um, I certainly wouldn't want to take one side or the other. But I no. think. I think it's fair to say, you know, if you're having verbals with someone, don't knock a beer out of their hand. And if someone knocks a beer out of your hand, don't punch them in the head. Yeah. Uh, and that will, will put both of you in a more comfortable state, um, especially at the end of a game where, you know, Emotions walk out, you're not going to miss anything. Look, I'm not I, saying punch on in the middle of a game if someone knocks a beer out of your hand, but I can understand the thought process of not walking away during a game because you don't want to miss the game or something like that. You might stay there. But after the game... Just walk away. Like there's no, there's no point getting into this, um, and you just end up looking like a dickhead on television to your friends and family as well. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> not much more to say about that. I, I look, I, I'd never be knocking any beers out of anyone's hands because I know what I'd cop uh, for doing that. I wish someone had 
got down to uh, Paran and knocked a beer out of Stephen May's hand. Well, that's the next. Uh, that's the next one. So, so <laughs> right. what, what do you uh, look? Lovely segue. <laughs> no, <I> thought, <laughs> Fantastic thanks, segue. Um, so, so what do we think about this incident? Like, I'm I'm not outraged that he's having a beer, but I think if it was you know, Nathan Jones on a Sunday after he's played and just unwinding and having a beer or, or two with a couple of mates, I probably wouldn't think more of it. But the fact that, and we've learned now that there might be some extra extenuating circumstances surrounding it, but I I don't, I, visually, it's not good considering that uh, Stephen, I don't know if he's admitted it, but definitely the coaches admitted that he didn't turn up to pre-season training in an acceptable condition. Um, I think that um, the fact that he got injured in the pre-season, uh, played five minutes before getting injured again in the, in the second round after being suspended in the pre-season, it's not a, while he's in rehab and then the extended rehab, um, and if there is that unwritten rule about not drinking, um, it's not a good look. It's not an unwritten rule. That uh, is a Jordan, rule. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Lewis was on AFL 360 before. He said it's a hard and fast yeah, rule. And Gorn said in, it today as well. Yeah. If you're in They're rehab, you don't drink. Yeah. And for me, it's not about the turning up to pre-season in poor condition or any of the other stuff. No. It's about the breaking of the team rule. And that's why he's had to apologise. And it's not good because in recent years, the club, or at least in terms of what's come out in public, um, has been very well behaved in this regard. Mm. I think that we had the reserves players a few years ago yep. who went drinking um, when they might have been selected for the side that was being picked early that week. Spencer and a few of the others, if I can recall correctly. But other than that, we've had no indiscretions in recent years, or at least, as I say, none that have come out publicly. So, And yeah, also, there, there were, before you go on, B-Man, there was also, it wasn't like... He went on a, a drunken rampage and, and, and uh, you know, knocked over a, a, a school kids uh, or anything like that while driving, you know, seemed to be pretty harmless. But, yeah, it did break yeah. the team And when rules. Tom Morris says ample and then says several beers, we know very well that it's actually probably only three beers because he, um, he was at pains to point out that it wasn't one or two. Uh, have I lost all my co-hosts there? I seem to have lost Grape Viney. Well, while you're doing that, I'm happy to, to give my run, give my view on this uh, Stephen May yeah, go for it. incident. Uh, look, at first, the very first report that came out suggested that there wasn't actually a team rule against drinking in rehab, which I thought was weird because I, I know they're different regimes and we've been through a lot of coaches since, but I Daniel Nicholson getting pinched for drinking uh, while he was... Uh, in the rehab group a few years ago. Uh, and at that stage, I sort of thought, look, it's, it's shit um, and they need to have a word with him behind the scenes, um, but it's not that big an incident. Uh, I didn't think it was kind of, you know, symbolic of someone who'd, who'd thrown, up, thrown their hands up in the air and was preparing to just play out their career for a paycheck. Uh, but I think when it came out that there actually is a rule, that's when I just lost all, like, sympathy um, for it. Uh, I know they've they've played the the personal issues card, which is sort of I'm sure it's true. I would never suggest that the club would would make something up like that to take the heat off themselves. Um, but even with that, I think if there's a hard and fast rule, um, then you break it, you pay the price. Um, but I would just prefer that 
it was all kept behind behind closed doors. Um, I would really have liked the club to just come out and say, we're going to deal with this behind closed doors. Don't ask us any more questions because we're yeah. not going to answer them. Than coming out and sort of saying, oh, yeah, he's got personal issues and oh, he's had to apologise to the playing group. I, I just think that's <laughs> access gone mad. Uh, for the media, I almost think it's like, geez, we just want to stop these journalists from calling us. We're just going to tell them everything. Whereas I thought it would have been a lot, um, you know, a lot more control just to say, yes, we understand that this is wrong. We understand that it's broken team rules. We're going to deal with it behind closed doors. And we're not, he's not going to speak to the media. And I know they're going to hijack him walking through a car park or something like that and ask him. But I, I just thought we were a bit, um, a bit hasty in throwing the doors open and, and telling everyone everything um, when it could have just been handled behind closed doors. Well, look, we don't know what this personal thing is, and I don't want to speculate, but yeah, I the club. Was, I thought it was out there that he'd split up with his missus. Oh, okay. Or is that, is that incorrect? I, I, is it that, I, that I've, I have no idea. I didn't know. I'd seen that around, uh, but okay. I, I didn't want to speculate if that's not no, true or whatever. It's not, not speculate then. Yeah, it's look, it's not, it's none of our business anyway, I don't think, and it's, you know, it's not our business, not our business to, to spread it or yeah. whatever. So and Look, it could be completely wrong. And I don't yeah. think that's, you know, breakups are never fun, but that's yeah. not a hugely extenuating circumstance, is it? Breaking up is uh, is kind of like part of life, really. Yeah. And look, uh, yeah. look I, underst- I understand, um, understand why, you know, supporters and even the, the players themselves might be, you know, pissed off with the breaking of the rules. Drunken's uh, just saying uh, pretty harsh on May that the personal thing that happened to him would definitely cause me to want a few drinks. So perhaps he was wronged. Yeah, look, we look, we don't know. I don't want to speculate. No, like, and, leave it at that. I don't want but, to but I think the club invites the speculation by, by bringing this that, up. Yeah. Like yeah, they yeah. think they're taking the heat off him by saying yeah, he's got personal issues. But that but makes us want to know what the exactly now. Issues now are. people just be making everything up. Yeah. By by tomorrow he'll have he'll have done everything under the sun. He'll have done September 11. Um, well, he, people will just make up anything and people will believe it now. So that's why I really I found it a bit. I'm not, I won't say disrespectful, but like I said, I think it was just a real rush to try and please the media by by just telling them everything. When like I said, if they just said, "Yep, he's stuffed up. We're going to deal with it behind closed doors." Yeah. And even if they got came back in two days later and said he's been fined or we've tacked a week onto his the time he's going to be out as a suspension or something like that, fair enough. But I think they've really done him a disservice um, by the, the problem, treating what problem, is a pretty minor thing um, like a, a major event. The problem with your strategy there, Super Mercado, is that they haven't penalised him, obviously because of the extenuating circumstances. And so to come out and say, yeah, he mucked up and then not penalise him, it then becomes a bit hard to um, marry it all up without knowing the context of why they've decided not to um, not to come down too hard on him. Yeah, well, I think if that's the case, uh, it's a tricky to just say situation. we're going to deal with it behind closed doors, thank you for your time. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, then, and then you don't come out and say we've punished him. Um, or, you yeah. know, you come up with some bullshit token punishment that looks like a punishment, but oh. it's not really or something like that. Um, but now I, I just think they've yeah done the guy a disservice. It's not like he can just go back and play footy this week to take his mind off things. Um, so well, he's still yeah, out for, I think it's been handled poorly. Yeah, he's still out for three to four weeks. So, I mean, they could have just said uh, we've, 
find him for a week and he just comes back after four weeks anyway when he was yeah, meant exactly. to. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, B-Man, you got anything to add to that situation? Oh, just, um, I mean, oh, just a couple of things, I guess, is that I think in terms of the um, personal stuff, that was out on social media. So it must make it really difficult because, you know, in the old days you get ahead of that story and bury it, don't you? It was a club, mm. but now... Can't do that anymore. You know, um, it's very tricky to do. But it also, I mean, you know, I, I hear what Drunken's saying, there's, there's personal stuff and he's going through a, um, a difficult time, but, you know, maybe he has beers at home, invites a few mates over to his barbie because it's the same thing. You know, he's got a whole bunch of people in a pretty trendy spot with all their mobile phones who have probably got, you know, bloody Morris, Tom Morris on their Twitter feed. Yeah. Um, and that fellow, I wouldn't think he'd want to ask for an interview at anyone at the club at the moment. Because uh, he also dropped the story, I know it was in Herald Sun, but there was a Fox footy report from him about the Sean Smith's criticism on Facebook um, of um, the injury, um, of the injury management of his son and, and more broadly. So, you know, that sort of, that combination of those things is a real frustration. But just with May, I'd say, you know, I was really down on him for getting reported. There was, you know, a big debate that, I remember on the podcast as well, but um, it was a silly act and it's sort of, he hasn't really not, he hasn't made that right since. And, um, you know, I understand if he's got stuff going on, but as I said, invite some mates over to you. No doubt he's got a nice place on 700 grand a year. He's probably got a nice outdoor area. He could, you know, put some tunes on and chill out there with his friends there. So, um, but, you know, hopefully he comes good. Um, he's a really excellent player and we definitely need him. Yeah, well, I'd like to see him play someday. Um, uh, we've, I think we've seen from uh, videos that have leaked about uh, from Jesse Hogan sort of out and about uh, at Melbourne and, and at Frio. Uh, you know, players have got to be really careful this day, these, this day, in this day and age. Uh, unfortunately for them, they are very public players. Uh, uh, people and you know everyone's got access to a, a phone with a video a camera and a video pretty good video and uh, if you're gonna uh, do stuff like that um, you, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get caught whether it's innocent or not innocent and things that are innocent can be made to look even worse mm. um, you know the first time I saw the picture that pint looked uh, that what he looked pretty big <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 12 foot. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I thought, what the, at least you get Oktoberfest. Uh, Where are the mates in that photo that you were supposedly there with all these other players? He looks like he's just uh, sinking bulk piss on his own in that photo. He must have, he must have, you know. Well, he was on the phone. One, and he, Had one while he was waiting. It looked like he, he was on the phone talking to someone that had gone over to a private area and, you know, he got, he got uh, a picture snapped and obviously sent to to uh to the to the journal and um yeah what a what a wanker that person is sending that oh, it happens you know, I can understand I can understand if you were selling the photo you know what I mean if it was if it was you know Scott Morrison buddy doing lines of gear or something in the in a back room or something and you're going to make 10 grand for selling the photo good luck to you but just scabbing it to a journalist for free yeah it's just you know well, look, it it just, happens. I don't understand like is it just like oh look at me I'm awesome yeah Happened to happened, to happened to Jesse. Uh, you saw the video of Mumford uh, yeah. earlier this year. Yeah, I, I've just on. Um, I've noticed John Ralph tweet fifteen minutes ago. Stephen May has had a tough few months on a personal front since late last season. Some stuff went down on Sunday morning, and he reacted by having a few Sunday beers. So that's uh, the 
the speculation now is, uh, you know, it, it's let, let the speculation swirl on what the some stuff that went down on Sunday morning was. I could take of a guess, but I won't. Yeah, and I reckon I, I reckon I've nailed it, but I won't. Uh, and we meanwhile, how well's the trade yes. going when Kate Collar Jasny's just got a mysterious concussion that's uh, got him out indefinitely as well? Yeah, where'd that come from? Yeah, <laughs> that that trade at the moment's uh, not looking in our favour, but hopefully no. both of them can turn around. Yeah, maybe we should move on. Look, we don't we don't know all the story, and uh, yeah, look, let's just hope he gets back out on the park very soon. Uh, the other big news, and, and Binman, you mentioned it um, just before, that um, does anyone know the, 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 the actual story around it? Um, uh, uh, Sean Smith, father of, you know, ex-Melbourne player and father of Joel Smith, had made some comments on social media. Now, I saw some of the comments that he made, but I don't, does anyone know the context of it uh, or the original I post? Or, what was Seaman Land? And it was a Facebook, a Melbourne fan page, and it did make me wonder if it's Stewie's page, because <laughs> it was called Melbourne Footy Facebook something or other. Yeah. And he was, he responded to something in a th- questioning about injuries. Yeah. And then in, someone responded to him, and then he made a comment about his son. That that, that seems to be what the, yes. well, what the article. He was sort of said, uh, "Don't get me started on on my the handling of my son's injury." Now, what's, yeah, what's he referring to there? Is he referring to the actual day that the injury happened when uh, he got injured, was put back onto the ground, which we've talked about at length on this podcast? Or is he talking about how it's been managed since that original injury uh, in terms of the rehab? Because he's still, he's still listed as six to eight weeks when this happened six to eight weeks ago, if not longer. Oh, the shocker. I, I read it as the latter. That it's it the was management. all lifted straight off Facebook, which is um, a point I made earlier today on Demonland. It just drives me insane. I mean, it's just journalism by trawling. Um, it's not even journalism, really. And but, but um, it, it, you know, he's just lifted comments off of Facebook. Who knows? He might have been out with me. Yeah, that look from a bar. That that is all right. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying in terms of you know he's lifted it, but the fact remains is those comments were made, and that's what we're talking about. So regardless, it's not like um, I think it's a bit different to the Stephen May thing. Well, maybe not because Stephen Stephen May was actually out there, you know, drinking, uh, whatever the circumstances. But those comments were made by a, a footballer's father. Uh, talking yeah, about the yeah. management of the injury, so there is a story there. With no matter, forget that we, how it was how the information yeah, was gathered. Yeah. It's still there that information. So, uh, Supermcardo, you had some thoughts on on it? Or? Uh, no, I just see that I read it from the report, and I know you don't know the context about that, but I read the report that he was talking about the management, not the initial incident. Okay, yep, uh, but. That's just going off, you know, one one comment almost yep. that he's put on a page, and then a story about it. So who yeah, knows yeah. what he's really thinking about yeah. it? Uh, it's the the best interjection by a parent since Lyndon Dunn's mother <laughs> rang up and told said the board should be shot or the coaches should be shot. <laughs> um, probably not helpful, oh, yeah. but you know you know what uh, old people in social media are like. Um, and I mean, he's probably rightfully angry. Like his son, I mean, God, he's had a shock and run, hasn't he? Because he injured. Remember, he injured his shoulder very badly in his very in his debut game. Yes. Um, yeah. 
and he's really a bit like Tim Smith. He's just not had a um, you know had a run at it. I mean, I, he was looking terrific, wasn't he, pre-season? And he's been a loss that it's almost a, it's a bit hard to quantify because he never really has had a run at it. Um, it was really all on potential. Yeah, yeah, and he's not the only one. Uh, we, you mentioned Tim Smith. Uh, we've got Vandenberg. We've got um, uh, Maynard. Uh, all of them seem to be uh, quite injury-prone. Uh, you can now add um, Collajasny to that list. Um, uh, well, Stephen May at the moment has had two injuries well, this year. Um, I don't even know where the Maynard one came from. Like, I know he's not, not exactly an on-the-radar player. But it was a hip injury. I don't injury. know if it came in a VFL game or in training or something. I, I would assume it was in play if it was a hip. He's, um, didn't he have the hip before? Hasn't he had this hip before? What's um, I know he's he had been an injury injured last year. season that had him out. Yeah, all year he's sort of in that unusual, unusual position of he's played one game in two different seasons. So kind of hoping he comes back for at least one game this season and can bloody set a record for being the only player to play one game in three consecutive seasons. Uh, the, the the Herald Sun uh, article. Um, mentioned it was a hip last season sorry yeah yeah so it was hip, a hip last season for Maynard the, the Herald Sun uh, in their article said the Herald Sun understands Joel Smith is frustrated by his injury but is not unhappy with the management of it by club medicos Melbourne is aware of his father's comments so <laughs> I wonder where they so they've obviously either asked the club or Joel Smith um but it doesn't sound like they spoke directly to Joel Smith, but they, they understand Joel is frustrated by the injury, which of course he would be, but he's not unhappy with the management of it by the club. Um, so, Greg Viney, as a journalist, is that just classic ring up the media manager and get the <laughs> get the uh, straight bat response? <laughs> straight out of the textbook, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's in Melbourne, and then Melbourne is aware of the father's comments. So I wonder what the fallout will be there. But it hasn't been a good week in terms of, um, you know, we have that win, and then we have, you know, the crowd incidents, we have the Stephen May incident, we have the Sean Smith incident. Um, yeah, it, uh, you know, hasn't been a, a good news week uh, for the Demons. And at, le- at least we got our drowning of Christian yes, Petrarca over before the game. That's what I was going to bring up next. We almost lost a player uh, pre-game. <laughs> Um, uh, Great Viney, or or even Super Mercado, whoever wants to take it. What, what actually happened? Uh, does anyone know that what they are actually were doing at the time, and what the um, well, we should have actually Great Viney. We should have got your brother on uh, the podcast because he had a bit more uh, insight into um, whether there were actually any benefits to this or not. He claims that that he doesn't think there are any benefits to what's the tra- hypoxy, hypoxia? Yeah, yeah, hypoxia. I think. Uh, what what can you uh, can you give us? Well, no, added, but added? I think it's just it, it's similar to high altitude training. But he seemed to think that uh, it wouldn't have any benefits unless you were then playing sport at a high altitude. So, <laughs> um, but look, the high altitude tra- training was all the rage a few years ago. Um, uh, but obviously what's happened is Track has just pushed himself too hard in what's essentially a breath-holding exercise underwater, I think, um, and has nearly sort of passed out, so it had to be, had to be rescued. Uh, um, very, uh, very symbolic um, in terms of the overall season that we're having, I guess, or well, certainly in the lead-up 
before Saturday's result. So, um, yeah. And I'm Pictures. guessing rescued is probably a bit more dramatic. Like, it's not like there would have been, I think you probably all would have seen the photo that accompanied one of the articles where the, the fitness guru or whoever he was was actually there with the stopwatch, basically yeah. with the player's head underwater. So it's not like, you know, the lifeguard saw him from the other side of the pool and had to like jump in and, you know, drag him out, um, you know, and, and save his life. Like it would have been a very snap thing where the, the bloke pulled him straight up, you know, and he wasn't coming out from a deep depth. He wasn't going to come up with the bends or something. Um, so look, I think it's one of those scenarios that's, you know, just gets overplayed because it's an unusual thing because it's never happened before. If the next guy this happens to, no one will give a rats because it won't be interesting again. Uh, yeah. But this time, it's it's un- like, unusual. Oh, they almost drowned their player. What a bunch of idiots! <laughs> well, it's a bit like dropping a brick on your head, isn't it? When it's not secure exactly. in the backpack. So, um, yeah, bizarre and wacky. Maybe this is the revenge of Goodwin and all that. Yeah, you're going to stop me doing my camp. Well, <laughs> put your head underwater and stop breathing. It's uh, yeah, I think uh, more was made out of it than uh, actually is, but. Uh, but it's setting us up if we have to play a game in Mexico City. <laughs> yes. Anytime soon. Um, uh, B-Man is now in the chat room. He kept getting disconnected, uh, so he's going to sign off. Thank you uh, for joining us, uh, B-Man. Uh, bl- blame it on my internet. But um, anyway, uh, we'll push on. Uh, does either of you uh, have any insight into the Casey game? I, I was only barely keeping up with a couple of scores during the day. But by all reports, we've only got, I think, a handful of players, I think maybe 10 uh, listed players in that team. Um, Yeah, there was 10 on the weekend. So uh, I think who's pushing in that team? Is it just uh, Wiedemann or uh, do we have anyone else uh, that's uh, ready to go? um, Well, I think the other ones that are ready to go are Smith and Pruce. Oh, well, so they're not they're in the coming team. from outside the they're they're coming from outside Casey at the moment. But in that team, uh, um, as far as I know, uh, there's been some some good things said about Petty, but then there's been some average things said about him as well. So I don't think he's smashing the door down either. Um, but it doesn't look like anyone's really, um, you know, screaming for a for a chance. Um, I'm looking at this report that uh, uh, the Casey from Casey put up, uh, and he has Wiedemann listed as two. I thought he kicked three. Uh, oh, I thought it was two, three. I read. Oh, two, three. Okay. Same yeah. thread. I think yeah. I think Whispering Jack came back and actually corrected later okay. what Casey had posted earlier in the day. Okay. I think so. I think I post. Uh, yeah. I, I think I posted onto uh, uh, Demonland's Facebook page <laughs> that uh, he kicked three. So apologise to anyone <laughs> thinking that uh, Wiedemann was back in town. Uh, he only kicked two. Uh, the other I noticed Baker kicked two goals. I'm I'm not sure how he actually played. I'm just going by the fact that he's kicked two goals. I, I wonder how far he is away uh, from maybe debuting and whether he will debut sometime this year. Said he had 15 kicks, uh, five handballs, five marks, four tackles. 99 dream team points uh, and the two goals and one behind. So what am I in seeing him? He's got a bit of pace. I think it just depends how the season goes. Like if we get on a bit of a roll, um, I would say less likely that he's going to get a game. But if we, you know, absolutely 100% confirm that there's no way in hell we're going to make the finals, I think that's when you'll see people like him start to, to get a go a little bit prematurely just to see if they're worth sticking with, especially a second-year player. Uh, who they do have the option of delisting at the end of the year if they want to, uh, or 
they go to the, the hunt kilty sort of um, thing and give him that extra third year just to keep him on the list and give him further development. But I think he's more likely to play once the season is 100% gone. Yes. Uh, well, let's hope, let's hope uh, the season isn't 100% gone, uh, especially not uh, this uh, early in uh, the season. Uh, any uh, Supermercado, I'll start with you. Cha- your changes for this week? Uh, do we go the route of not changing a winning team or... I had, with the greatest of respect to Kilty, I had Prusy and Kilty out. Yep. Um, but I did think that he didn't look overawed. Um, and, and I think it's it's one of those performances that might buy him another year. Um, and I, I don't say that disrespectfully, but just you got to you got to move people at the end of the year. Now, I reckon Lewis was gone. I reckon Kennedy Harris will go. So it's not like we're going to be short on three people to, to get rid of. Um, so I think he might have bought himself a chance certainly to play again this year, but also a chance for next year by just really showing that he, he didn't dominate, but he did do good stuff. Um, and he, he didn't look physically, you know, out of place there. So I, I would rather Bruce right now. Um, but I, I would say that with respect to Kilty. Uh, great whiny changes. Is Bruce, is Bruce ready? Is he he's, declared he's, fit for he's this a, week? He's a test. He's a, was a right. test last week. They said he wasn't ready, so you would assume he's a week further progressed right. and still a test. But with Melbourne, he could be back in four to six weeks. Yeah. Look, you could see either Wiedemann or Proust coming in for Kielty. Um But I could equally see him getting another game. He, as uh, Supercarta said, he wasn't dominant, uh, didn't look out of place. It wasn't a great day for forwards. Our our kicking um, into forward 50, apart from uh, the odd occasion, such as that Melksham kick to, to Hunt, uh, has generally been poor. So it wasn't wasn't really all his own fault that he wasn't in a lot of play um, and certainly had the composure to do what was right when the crunch came at the end and he had the ball in the middle of the ground. So uh, I agree that there's promising signs there um, as to whether Goody will go unchanged or... Or whether Kilty makes way for Wiedemann, I'm not too sure. Not too sure. Um, not having seen Casey play, unfortunately. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, was Casey even on TV this week? Uh, no. I don't even know. No, no, no. 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 All right, um, uh, we'll move on from there. Um, obviously, this week must win game. Uh, we drop this. We said we've been saying it the last few weeks. It's season over, but I think if we drop this game, it it really is season over for us. Especially with what comes the uh, week next, after. Next two weeks, uh, we've got uh, tough games, and if we uh, let's if we can win this one, not banking a win. I'm not that confident that I can just bank a win against any team these days. Uh, but if we if we can win this week, we've got two tough games. We've got to go to Perth next week and then GWS uh, at the G. Um, we've really got to try. If we can win this week, we've got to win one of those two games. I know it's a tough yeah, ask, but I we agree. Really we have to win do. two or three. Two yeah. of three here. In the next three weeks, yeah. Exactly. Or it still will be like, if we win one of three, it's kind of like that real like long shot mathematical chance. But no, we, makes we've got a quite tough run home as well. Although now there's a few in those, the few that look tough at the start of the year, that 
potentially aren't going to be. You've got Sydney, you've got um, Sydney at the MCG, you've got North in Hobart in the last round, um, which when I was still considering us making the finals, that was a terrifying last round <laughs> contest. Um, and it's not to say we'd automatically win it now because we know how well they play that ground. Uh, but it's looking a, a little less ropey than it did at the start of the year, the end of the season. So if we can get it a roll, you never know. Um, but I would say I agree. We need to pull a – we need to win this game or lose this game and pull off two <laughs> so we, we need to win two of the next three. Yeah. Um, otherwise, get your Oscar Bakers in. <laughs> yeah, give, yeah. Uh, give, give Jordan Lewis the uh, the golden handshake. Like, like start, start playing for next season. I know what will probably uh, come in at some point this year if we do have uh, a couple of wins. Your Bradbury plan uh, yes. might come back into full effect. I was told that uh, somebody overheard a Bradbury-style scenario is being discussed on their way out of the MCG <laughs> uh, the other day, whereas at the moment it's a bit it's a bit ropey, really. Apart from sort of Carlton and, and North, uh, it's hard to know. And then at the top end, GWS, Collingwood, Geelong. It, it's sort of that the middle of the table is such going to be such a battle royale I th- that it's a bit premature to be saying you know you want this team to win versus this team. Uh, I remember last year I was I was all in on Port Adelaide. I had Port Adelaide in my can win every week bracket, um, and then they just bang went through the floor. Uh, and by the end, we actually wanted them to we wanted them to lose. Um, so it, it's a bit premature for the Bradbury plan, but I'm hoping very much that in a couple of weeks will be in a position where I can bust it out. We, we will probably want sort of the top four or five teams just to win every game yep. uh, for the for the year and then all those middle-of-the-road teams just beat each other randomly, you know, just sort Exactly, of, and your Carlton's and your North's can get a couple Coast. wins. Let's yeah. just assume, let's assume Carlton, North, Gold Coast are the bottom three. Yeah. Uh, that they're going to pull off a, a surprise win here and there against those middle-of-the-table yeah. teams. Because we might need uh, that help. <laughs> Yeah, look, it might be one of those seasons. Well, last year you had three teams win 12 games and miss out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it might be go the other way. Yeah. And you're going to get a bunch of teams. You might get five or six teams all sort of stuck together in the middle on like 11 and 11 or something like that. And that's our best hope. But you know what? That's when percentage is going to come become a factor. So we better start... Um... You Smashing know, something. If we, if we, yeah, that's right. So, well, let's well, win. We, let's we win need first. To look to the 1995 <laughs> Brisbane Bears, or was it 1996? I can't remember. The the year that Sean Smith took that mark, I'm pretty sure they 96. made the finals with a 10 and 12 record. Yep. And they were a mile short of seventh. Yeah. But that got them in on a 10 and 12 record, and that's that's about all I can pin my hopes on now. <laughs> the one time it's happened in the history of the top eight. Well, we've got to start winning first. I think that's, that's the first thing. Yeah, we've well, got eight do. more games to go, just <laughs> eight more wins to go just to get to 10. <laughs> that's a long way to go. All right, let's not talk the F word uh, yet. Uh, still got a lot of water to go under that bridge. Um, the last thing I sort of wanted to talk about, uh, I don't know anything about this. This uh, Max Gorn is now uh, the official uh, number one uh, AFL Rated player? How? How? Anyone know how this is worked out? Anyone? Random number generator. It, it is, yeah, but I know nothing about. It. I just saw. Well, I don't know if you see. I, I, are these the same things that they post as the player ratings for particular games? I, I know nothing. It's. It's. Uh, I think it's pretty sure I, it's champion data's stuff. But yeah. then again, champion sure data the had AFL, us. whatever the AFL player ratings are. The other day, 
they had, I think Oliver is about the third worst player on the ground. And I didn't think he was in the top players on the ground. Um, but some of the Hawthorne players towards the top and even some of our players towards the top, if that's the same rating system, then I have absolutely no respect in their calculations. Like, Gorn is awesome. And since round one, I think he's actually been really good. Yeah. Um, and I've got him um, in the lead. Yeah, he's leading us. Uh, in my well. medal as well. But, you know, let's be fair. Like, that's just, uh, it's just unrealistic to suggest that. But maybe they're looking at it in a different way. They, they're, maybe they're not looking at it as in, because it's player ratings, they're looking at it as in the one impact of that one person and not what happens around them. So without knowing the methodology, it's hard to comment, but it does, doesn't pass the, the sniff test. <laughs> well, the, the, this is champion data had us as uh, the best team uh, in the league, didn't they? Uh, preseason. So yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I was just going to bring up, uh, someone uh, proposed that we have um, a, a month without whinging on, on demon land. Um, and this was before the the game this week, and uh, I just I don't think they understand what uh, for forums on the internet are all about. And uh, whinging is perhaps uh, well, particularly for a Melbourne football club for a fan forum, <laughs> whinging is is our bread and butter. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Nope. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> All right, boys. Maybe you just need one thread, and I'm not sure if there is one, just the positivity thread. Yeah, it's good. People, they, they, they do come up every now and then. People are like, only positive thoughts in this thread, yeah. and it runs well for two or three pages. But I want to see one that stretches runs out to a... steam when one of our players drowns or gets hit <laughs> in the head with a flying brick. I want to see a positivity thread that stretches to the length of the no TS, no BS thread. Oh, now yes. on its 1,028th <laughs> awesome page, almost eight years old. Yeah, so it's sort of the, the type of thread you, you can't even explain to uh, a, non, uh, non, a person who wasn't around in those times. 25,679 replies. <laughs> God help us. Um, uh, Super Mercado, you want to plug uh, anything you've got going? Yes, well, there's, as always, the uh, demonblog.com for our weekly match reviews uh, and demonwiki.org, which I, I had a look last night. It's now up to about 8,100 pages of information uh, and just under 5,900 images as well. So it's uh, it's probably a bit weird if you're trying to look for something. There's search bars, and but otherwise I would just say pick a random page and just go from there uh, and you'll find something interesting. Well, um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but there was a, a royal uh, baby born uh, today, and I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about uh, Prince Harry, Harry's baby. Um, I saw on Instagram today uh, the Jakoviches, uh had a baby girl. Um, another girl. Another girl. So I think that's three three girls. So it, 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 good good news for our AFLW team. Exactly. That works in our favour because you only need one game to qualify uh, for oh, AFLW father daughter. How many games so. did did Jacko play? Did he get the required father 40, son? Nah, he's like, it was like, I think he played forty seven. So, right, so couldn't couldn't yeah, get him on the father son anyway. Um, well, we should send them our congratulations because we know from his interview that he does occasionally tune into the Demon Land podcast, the great yes, man. Yes, and uh, uh, and Sherry, so congratulations to them both. Yep. 
Yeah, and sorry for considering this life uh, great life moment as in the prism of how we can get extra players for a AFLW <laughs> yes. team. That's I'm always thinking that way. Anytime You'd understand. I understand. Anytime You'd definitely I understand. Anytime I hear an ex player uh, has a son and now a daughter, um, always uh, calculating how we can get them well, down. Did to you the see D. the story a few a few weeks ago when they had when they got them all? They got all the the kids down. Yes. To the club. Yeah. That was. I thought that was a, a quite a good story there. Like you know, like the chance yep. of any of them playing is is probably thin, but it was just sort of interesting to see that it was a wide variety. I think it was from like Stephen O'Dwyer's kids to to right up to Travis Johnston's kid who had a really weird first name Tigger or something. Yeah. That'd be Tigger, the one. Yeah. Yeah. A very uh, like I said, a very weird first name. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I think Daniel Ward and stuff like that. There was some real um, you know, blast from the past names names in that was, group so it'd be interesting to see if any of them ever come through it was a good initiative i thought agree with you um uh yeah well um i think that's where uh, that's where we'll end it unless uh there's anything else you want to uh want to talk about um i think uh no one's venturing to the gold coast no i was well i you know what uh early on in the year when or when the uh, fixture came out, it was a very highly considered. Uh, but considering how the first uh, first few rounds went, I sort of uh, sort of said, "Nah, I think uh, I might wait till later in the year to try and do a, a trip uh, somewhere." I might uh, I might actually be going to the Gabba uh, later in the year because I will be in on the Gold Coast uh, for that week. So I will head up to the Gabba for the Brisbane game, but not confident about that one considering how. Yeah. They're going at the moment, but uh, hopefully we turn hopefully things around. Hopefully by then you will be confident. Yes, yes, definitely. All right, thank you to uh, Drunken167 for the story earlier in the uh, day, earlier in the program. Thank you to Big Man. Thank you to my co-host, Super Mercado, and thank you to Grape Viney. We'll be back next week uh, with Jaden Hunt uh, on the line with us. Uh, looking forward to that. All right, we'll catch you next week. Go Dees.